all living in a world gone geek. It's time to geek hard or go home. The website is fake, but the podcast is real. Here's your host, Grounded Geek. Hello and good whatever time of the day it happens to be where you are right now. As the Deep Voice Guy said, I am Jeff, a.k.a. Grounded Geek, and you're listening to The Podcast is Real. And we are officially officially on episode 10. That's right. Episode X, if you're following Apple naming conventions, which means we would have just skipped over episode nine, but we didn't do that. So I'm not sure why I even mentioned it. Uh, (laughs) We're on episode 10. This is very exciting. Welcome to the show. We're glad you're here. And I'm not using the royal we, no, along for the ride with me, my Best buddy, my co-host, Utah Shu, is on the mic as well. Welcome, Utah. Greetings. Greetings, my excellent friends. Welcome. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm doing good. You? Doing all right. Does that mean our next episode will be XS? I don't know. It definitely won't <laughs> No. <laughs> also joining us is the one and only Aaliyah Stefan. Aaliyah, welcome back to the show. Hello. Hello, hello. And this week we have a special guest on the show from the Blurred's Eye View podcast and our Good friends over at Circle of Nerds. Please welcome Chris G back to the program. How's it going, everybody? It's fun to be back. Oh, we're mm. glad to have you back. It's been a little while. Yeah. You were in our very oh, yeah. first. You were in our very first episode. Yes. And now we bring you back for episode X. So now the circle is complete. Yes. Now, we, now you can never come back again because <laughs> no, I'm because the, well, the circle is complete. That's and, right. And, it's, Utah said it. Then, it's recorded. It's canon now. The circle it's is canon, complete. right? Now, uh, Utah, you and Aaliyah, both of you have recently added to your families with members of the Animal Kingdom, right? Utah, didn't you just recently obtain a Quarren kitten? Yes, Tell yes, we did. Uh, we did acquire a Quarren kitty, uh, and his name is Orpheus because we have Hades Town musical fans in the house, and mm. he is a 12 week old long hair kitty. And so. My concern is that we've never had long hair kitties before, so I'm concerned about who's going to be doing the brushing. So is and this a shed? Is it a big shedder? Yeah, seems to be so far, and he's only like this big. <laughs> I love the picture you posted. It was adorable. He's so tiny and small. He's a cute, cute little kitty, and that's... so yes, I keep on telling people I'm the one that's cleaning the litter boxes, so somebody else needs to do the brushing. There you go. That's and I I I am not a big cat person, but I love kittens. Kittens. Are adorable. Kittens are adorable. Cats. Yes, they are. It depends are. on the cat. It depends on the cat. Some cats are great. Some cats are a-holes, as we know very well. Uh, so that means Garfield, Garfield is somewhere in the middle? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, it depends. Are you Monday or lasagna? Exactly. Right. <laughs> now, Aaliyah, you recently became the proud pet parent to a bunny. Yes, I did. I just got my pet bunny or rabbit but to me, Bunny. Her name is Rosie. She is technically only four months old, but she's pregnant. Well, technically. Now, during Wait. during our game night this last Tuesday, which, by the way, if you're not watching our game nights every Tuesday, please join us on our YouTube channel where we play games each Tuesday. Uh, usually with some guests, and you can play along, so check that out. But this past Tuesday, Aaliyah, you revealed that it may be faking a pregnancy. Is this a thing rabbits do? <laughs> it is a thing that rabbits do, and um, I really can't tell you why, um, but is, it is, is this, a thing is that this they an do. equivalent of a woman faking a headache. Well, just well, oh. <laughs> First of all, are you insinuating that we do that? Because <laughs> hmm. rumors abound, you know. <laughs> but I also found out that they can once they are once they are already pregnant, they can get re pregnant. Oh my gosh. Well that, that is I guess that's wild. how they 
have such Excuse large me? litters, right? Yeah, that is. That is. That's, they can have up to 15 in a litter. That's 15? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out why a rabbit would fake a pregnancy, though. Like, I, I know why an adult I'm, would do it, but I'm, well, you know, I'm seriously, why not to get pregnant again? Yeah, right. Evolutionarily, right. whatever it is, like, what is the purpose of the rabbit pretending to be pregnant? I mean, like in the animal the kingdom world, it may be because so they can't get re-pregnant. As right, saying, to, to, so to give the be. bunny a break, <laughs> maybe. It's like, hey, a bunny break. I'm pregnant. That's the technical term. That is wild. <laughs> As well, Chris, like Googled it, okay. and I don't know if I can say what it is on air, but I will. Why is it? Well, is why, it why wouldn't you be able to say it? No, it just says uh, false pregnancies can be triggered by the mounting behavior of a castrated male. So there you go, or just another female, just like in an attempt to establish dominance. Okay, so that it's like, look, I'm pregnant. Leave me alone. <laughs> That's basically so. It basically, oh. it's it's almost exactly what you said, Chris. Yeah, it is actually. It is actually almost exactly what you said, Chris. I need some space. I'm pregnant. That's what the, the rabbit animal is kingdom in the human world. That's crazy. Working hand in hand. I resent that. <laughs> that is amazing. So, Chris, so Chris, did you guys add any pets to the household over the pandemic? Uh, no, we haven't. They're trying to add a kitten. I'm like, uh, we have two dogs and a turtle right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the turtle is in one. Are they just like posting little pictures of kittens everywhere? Just uh, to you know, not so subtly hint. It, they're just like, uh, can we? Uh, I don't know. Like, dogs, you know. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, I'm a dog man. We haven't had any new pets to our household this quarantine season either. We we had actually had a kid move out and get his own place. So that was so, so <laughs> so now like, the opposite. Yeah, exactly. We, we actually some- have people leaving the house o- over this uh, time, but that's a milestone. So very excited and very proud of him. But no new pets, just crazy old Benny, our Bichon Freeze, and George the Leopard Gecko. Nothing new to report on the pet front. But uh, we want. That sounds we like a rock band. I will say, <laughs> Bichon be. Freeze and George the Leopard Gecko. Yeah. All right. Dibs on the band name. But we will. You keep it tuned right here. We will keep you updated on the pregnancy status of Rosie the Bunny because this is this is an ongoing story <laughs> that it's we are have now. to keep track of. But for now, let's get this show going. It's time for this week in geek. That's right. This is the time we dig through some cool news of the past week and get some commentary and insight on it from the panel. So let's get right to it. Number one. Literally, this was just announced today. The biggest new show of last year, in my humble opinion, was The Mandalorian. It was the very first live-action Star Wars episodic television show, which follows the adventures of a dedicated Mandalorian bounty hunter and the child, which people have given the misnomer Baby Yoda. It's just a fantastic show, really great. It's coming back, which we knew, of course, but now we know when. Officially, October 30th, new episodes from season two will begin dropping weekly on Disney+. Plus. I have spoken. Utah, that is, that, you speak that's now. So, that seems so long from now. It, it does. Seems does like it, such a long time. It isn't, though. It's already September. But I mean, it's it's only a couple of months away. It's really close. I'm super excited. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I thought it was going to be November because that's when the last, the first season. That's aired. when the last season yeah. dropped. So I yeah. thought we were, so technically October 30th is one day before November. So, they, <laughs> and, and they're dropped, from what I've read, they're dropping the first three episodes on the 30th and then weekly after that. That's, so, uh, oh, no one's going trick and treating that weekend. No. So, <laughs> forget Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm excited for the season. I mean, you know, 
leaving it on the cliffhanger that they kind of did with last season was, mm-hmm. I mean, what a mind-blowing cliffhanger that was. And then uh, the announcement that Tamira Morrison is has a, has a role next season, yes. right? Yes. Who yes. the heck is he playing? Ooh. I wonder. Well, we know he's a clone. <laughs> right. We know, but which one? Yeah. And could then be, I, you know, Rex, and I keep on. Could be Boba Fett. Could be well, anybody. Considering that Ahsoka is supposed to be in this season as well. That's right. My votes, yeah. my, my money's on Captain Rex. It's not. Boba no, I Fett. think you're right because they were, yeah, they were, they were together at the end of, of Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I really, I'm crossing my fingers for uh, uh, Fennec Ming-Na Wen to come back because oh, I thought, yeah. I thought that her little bit of time in that one episode was just a waste of an incredible talent. Yeah, and she yeah. can't be dead. That was ridiculous. And that's yeah. a spoiler. Yeah, I, I, I refuse to take that. that. I refuse to swallow that. Yeah, and, and admittedly, she was one of my first screen crushes from ER. So you know, I'm a little biased. <laughs> There's talks of uh, Katie Sackoff possibly reprising her role from Clone Wars as yes, well. Yes, that's right. She, uh, you know, is going to reprise her role. Um, and so there's lots of things going on this season that I think are going to be very interesting. Um, never mind the whole dynamic of the Mandalorian is now like a single father, right? He is now exactly right. He's, <laughs> he's now charged with with this child of Yoda's race, and so what is he going to do? Is he just going to bounce around uh, in his razor crest, just doing things with a little kid as a sidekick, or it's like BJ and the Bear? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it is. <laughs> Well, if you're not watching Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian also, which is also oh, on that's Disney a great, Plus, that was a great you're missing out. Yes. It's amazing behind the scenes stuff. There are some groundbreaking visual effects work going into this show. Yes, it is. And it's it fascinating fun. stuff. And and this show is clearly being made by fans. That's the key to its success, I believe. Favreau and Filoni are kind of show running this. And every director they've pulled that they've interviewed on this show, you can just tell that they love being a part of this and crafting the show. It's superb. Frankly, it's, it's better than any of the new era star Wars trilogy combined. In my opinion, easily better than the movies. Uh, I I was going to say, I want to be a director because I want to get, I want to be a, get a part in the star Wars show. Cause you know, the three of the directors got to be those X-wing fighters Mm -hmm. pilots. You know, one episode, heist episode, which I thought was cool. Yeah. Just seeing the scene or the episode where they're talking about how they did the razor crest. And that whole green room in yeah, this whole virtual room tech the space. that they're using. Oh my god, that was beautiful. I'm like, I want that in never, my basement. Yeah, right. <laughs> Number two. Number two. That's right. CBS All Access this week announced, actually just yesterday, that Star Trek Discovery will have two new characters. One who is transgender and one who is non-binary. Trans-Asian American actor Ian Alexander will play Gray, a trans man who has spent his entire life as a trill planning to be a host for a symbiotic alien species that lives in different hosts over its lifetime. And then non-binary newcomer Blue DeBerio will play Adira, a non-binary character who bonds with Lieutenant Commander Paul Stamets and Dr. Hugh Culber, who, if you recall, are the first same-sex couple in the Star Trek universe. Um, Now, there's some backlash, of course, and some people are also even saying that uh, 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 not the first non-binary or trans character because if you remember if you recall i'm going to bring out my geek cred here in the next generation episode the outcast from season four uh there was a race called the janai who were androgynous and were both male and female they didn't identify as male or female because they were considered asexual uh but of course when you have riker involved uh one of the janai named soren uh, got to know Riker and admitted that she was attracted to him 
So Riker set his phaser to love, and <laughs> the rest is history. Anyway, Soren, of course, was treated as an outcast and had psychotetic treatment to turn her back into a non-gender character. Now, whether that counts as the first one versus these two in the Discovery, I don't know. But I do like this news. I think the casting is great. I like the idea. It belongs as part of the Star Trek core message. Uh, I just hope that the writing is good for these groundbreaking characters. What do you guys think? That is, and that's a, I mean, it's an interesting take, and I like the fact that they're, you know, going forward using that platform to kind of have that inclusion. And I can't help but I've always looked at Riker and, uh, <laughs> and Kirk just sitting back over Picard's tea and talking about all their conquests. You know, <laughs> they, they, they are like the alpha males, aren't they? Right. <laughs> Riker and the way he just swung that leg over every seat. <laughs> every chair because that's how Riker sits down he swings that leg over the top <laughs> I don't know why that is but it just works it's dramatic effect uh, you know it's true yeah well he leans everywhere he's he totally right yeah. he's always he's always like he's, always he's, he's, put, he's putting out the vibe like he's <laughs> leaning because he has to walk forward <laughs> is that what that is <laughs> Always wondered. I never, oh I never thought of it that way. But you're right, Chris. That's absolutely correct. So even if, the vibe. even if these characters that you mentioned were the first, this uh, these these two new characters, these are recurring characters, right? So that's these are yeah. So so if anything, just some race they are, they, that they right, came across not, that, that that exactly so toyed so, with so the idea. This is actually a recurring character we're we're going to develop and get to know. Yep, exactly. And that's just one episode. Really They're cool. going to be throughout really cool. the season. Yeah, and the fact that they cast. An actual trans man and an actual non-binary actor for these characters also um, says something about what they're trying to do, too. Moving forward. Yeah, I like it. Number three. All right. So six years ago in 2014, the Fault in Our Stars director, Josh Boone, decided to take on a new venture, The New Mutants. The comic book spinoff was originally created by Chris Claremont and Bill Seinkowitz, titled New Mutants. Boone was eager to showcase his abilities, so he commissioned his friend, Nat Lee, to create a new comic illustrating the potential of the New Mutants. Reshoot after reshoot, continued new release dates, and consistent fluctuation from Fox, the film has finally emerged from what seemed to be an endless cycle of confusion and uncertainty. Despite COVID-19, on August 25th, those of us who have waited with anticipation rushed to the newly opened theaters to watch The New Mutants. Now, personally, I was excited to see Maisie Williams after her debut role in Game of Thrones. Um, although she was a little bit more shy and timid, um, I thought the movie could have been better, considering. <laughs> <laughs> and I definitely had a lot of high hopes. Now, as far as the theaters go, I was it was um, myself and my my younger sister, and it was just us two in the theater. No one else was in there, and I, you know, it was actually very nice until we started hearing really creepy noises during all of the horror scenes, and it wasn't from the movie. Whoa. So, <laughs> yeah, it was very weird. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, but I'm trying not to say too much because I don't want to give it away since you guys haven't seen it. Right. So here's a question, Aaliyah. Would you rate it better than Dark Phoenix? Did you see Dark Phoenix? Because <laughs> I haven't seen that one yet either. I, I kind of gave up on Fox's X-Men movies. After, yeah, yeah. You know, after I, let me say, you are not, much... if you haven't seen Dark Phoenix, you're not missing anything. Except, except for, and maybe in this is my opinion, except for the train scene with Magneto. 
Okay. That's that probably a, the most standout scene. That was a really great scene in a but, horrible movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, go go to YouTube and look for that scene, and you'll have gotten, in my opinion, the best part of that movie. Yeah. Personally, I... Okay, so I love the horror aspect, and I felt as though they, they put a lot of emphasis on that specific genre, you know? Mm. I don't think that the plot was very well thought out, um, especially the ending. It was so corny and cheesy. Um, I can't wait to see it now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and this I guess is we what would... the anticipation is for. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was. It was very corny and cheesy, cheesy, and I felt like they could have done so much more. Now, like, the underlying, you know, character development was, was good. I, I'm not going to say it was great. I'm not going to say it was fantastic. It was good. It was okay. I, honestly, I would have to say that my favorite, uh, my favorite character, and I'm going to look it up really fast because I can't remember her name, was Magic by ah, Anya Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And her her powers were I honestly thought that she was the most outstanding character out of all of them and that was just purely because they didn't really have as much time to shine and I mean honestly she kind of out outruled all of them regardless and I personally would not mind to see a movie with just her in it have have her have like her own specified role in a movie because her character background and even just her story outline when you guys watch the movie you'll understand what i'm talking about but mm-hmm. it's specifically because of the horror that is drawn throughout the entire film you'll see why she could have her own movie cool. her own pool now yeah. i know i've always wanted to see this for several aspects you know i i i guess call it a glutton for punishment uh, fox <laughs> has managed to constantly stumble when it comes to the mutant franchise until they lost That's it generous. obviously <laughs> and i think the the latest trailer that i've seen shows eliana with lockheed on her shoulder which i thought was really cool and i said oh yeah i gotta see how this plays out you know now i haven't gone to see it yet and just from the trailers alone that all the the accumulation of the trailers i've seen she does seem like the standout she really does seem like the standout and it's more curiosity yeah. for me to find out like will there be any tie anywhere and then will they cut it off you know and i think it was for disney since it's under disney now it was just kind of like hey we have this thing can we just get rid of it and and play the daggone thing and so it could air out you know just it probably would have done just better rip, as a stream just rip the band-aid off let's That's just, pretty much yeah it. just rip the That's band-aid exactly. off and yeah, you start, know, uh, I know new, I read that they made like eight million, and yeah, New Mutants made seven million in their opening weekend. Just in sales being generous, I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, honestly, I think it was because of that anticipation because so many people were waiting to see the movie, and the trailer was phenomenal. The trailer painted yeah. this whole, you know, this movie to be fantastic. Um, I do love the horror aspect of it. That I thought was a nice yes. take. It was, and I'm not gonna lie, the the parts that he did with the horror were amazing. It's simply just the lack of character. I don't want to say character development, but like plot line, you know, you under- it could be like it could be, you know, another Maybe thing, a especially with all the delays and the reshoots and everything. Mm-hmm. It could be another. Like I said, you know, in out of all the X-Men films, you know, you always had a, a standout character or a standout scene or There's just just standout. Ca- yeah. You know, or standout <laughs> like character Wolverine. Perfect example. Hugh Jackman has been the standout character 
of the entire franchise. You know, obviously James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender, you know, Patrick Stewart, you know, these guys, great actors and they stand out. I think with the first class run, the standout character out of that was Quicksilver, you know, the craziest look. But then again, he had like two standout scenes in both films and it was just like, wow. But then the rest of the movie falls flat. Well, see, the the crazy thing is, is that Ileana wasn't even the main character and she is the one that I am raving about. You know, Uh, Moonstar was the main character. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's the one, and I know that you guys probably saw it with the trailer, you know, she's the one that's running out of the, the burning, or what looked to be a burning yeah. building, and, you know, falls down the, the, the hill. But she's not the, she is the main character, but she's not the one that I really felt like shined the most, even mm-hmm. though it was based on her story. And, right. or I or I guess kind of revolved around her. They did mention the X-Men once, I will tell you guys that, um, oh, really? you know. Interesting. Oh, yeah. They did mention them once, <laughs> mention, mention them one time, but that was quickly shut down. You know, they didn't really, they're like questioning uh, the possibility, you know. Well, of, it wasn't like, look at that woman over there. She was an X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were questioning the possibility of them becoming X-Men. But, oh, so they, okay. interesting. So, okay. So it, yeah. it is in the universe. It's not. Yeah. Well, it was. Because for those who don't know, you know, it, about Ileana's uh, relation to another X-Men character, you know, I, it's not a spoiler. Her brother's Colossus. Right. So I always wondered, like, would they have a mention? If there's a, if there was that's a mention. Exactly. Yes. Exactly, Leah. Just oh, like, that's it. No, there's not. And honestly, there's, yeah, there's not at all. But I'm curious wow. to know the way that they left it was on a cliffhanger. So I am curious to know what's going to happen. Wishful thinking. Um, I wonder. Yeah. How, I, I wonder how the, these scripts for some of these X Men movies even got approved even to have it, cliffhangers right? endings yeah. because they, especially this late in the game, like they know that their time is like. <laughs> why would you put a cliffhanger ending in a movie you know is in you know basically post production hell? For all this time, that just doesn't make any sense. Number four. All right, I'm going to give you guys three numbers. 186, 1007, and 1 million. What do they have in common? Bill and Ted face the music. (laughs) I don't know if we've mentioned it, but Bill and Ted, the threequel, Bill and Ted face the music, finally happened after 29 years. And was released this past Friday, both in theaters and on streaming platforms. And with positive reviews on their side, I just checked, and it's 81% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is actually better than the first two, I think. It looks like the Wild Stallions are riding to some modicum of success, even in these most heinous times. The movie released, so here we go, the movie released to 1,007 theaters. Most of those were drive-ins, and it earned just over $1 million. $1 million. (laughs) Though only one-seventh of what the New Mutants made its opening weekend, Bill and Ted have home viewings that will boost those sales numbers. It is actually number one in sales and rentals on all of the major streaming platforms like Apple TV, Amazon, Fandango, and Vudu. And people also bought into a $35 bundle of all three movies. Oh, I think <laughs> probably did. Put my hand up. I know we're on a podcast. And, I just raised my hand, but uh, <laughs> that was me. I did that. And so I'll be curious to see how those numbers add into the total, if they're just going to take all the $35 and pump that in, or I don't know how. But in any case, I think it's going to see as much success as at least the very first one did. Oh, and that 186, that's now the Guinness Book of World Records record 
for most people air guitaring simultaneously online. It was certified by Guinness, and it took three Zoom calls, none of which I was able to join. I was too late. <laughs> yeah. But I yeah. was ready. I actually, you know, moved my schedule around a little bit that afternoon to do it. Anyways, we made a movie a night out of it for my family on Friday night, and I was washed over with sweet, earnest nostalgia the entire time. Uh, I thought the ending was a little hokey, and I thought Samara Weaving wasn't as good at capturing Bill as Bridget Lind- Lundy Payne was at capturing Ted as their daughters. Um, but the excellence far outweighed the bogus for me, and I've already watched it multiple times, and it's Same. only Wednesday. So, yeah. Yeah, we did a movie night at our house as well. Uh, not everybody participated. My son, who moved out, came back just to watch face the music so, <laughs> so there you go uh and now he, he's still here he hasn't left no i'm kidding he's he went back to his, Anus. to his home no it was uh uh i it was just you're right nostalgia all the way around i this movie means <laughs> and it's funny because it's such a goofy series like these movies they're not great they're not oscar no. winning um there's lots of problems with them but overall they're just so these two characters are just so innocent naive they're earnest they're joyful earnest. they're happy it just yeah, all there's of that, something right? about the way alex winter and keanu reeves have played these characters through the movies that came before that just made me want to see this so bad me me want to see them you know and there were there were talk for the last couple decades of rebooting yep. of read and i'm like first of all you can't reboot it because those guys don't exist in this time like we don't have that th- those kind of yeah, you'd have to base it on youth of today, right? Or something, and, and which just make a different movie. Don't don't reboot it. And, and it worried me and worried me for years that that was going to be the case. And then when they finally announced that they were working on this, I was so, so excited. Um, I'm also a- very happy with uh, William Sadler coming back as yes. death. Those, those scenes with the three of them, yeah. uh, I was, it was oh, just... Yes. It was just like... It was so great. It was so good to see all of them together. I haven't seen the film yet, and I plan on doing it uh, pretty soon in the next couple of days. But I think to answer what you were saying, Jeff, that their naivete, they just look at, like in Bogus Journey, these guys died Mm -hmm. in Bogus Journey. And yet they just seemed, oh, they weren't. They were bummed, but they weren't that bummed. (laughs) They're just like, they're like, well, this is what we're dealing with now. Right, you know, they just kind of like let it roll off their back. And I think that was like the part of the nostalgia is these guys just always see the brighter side of stuff. Like, yeah, it's no matter what, you know, they just do. And that was great. That's a sentiment that's missing in a lot of movies. There's a lot of cynicism and all that kind of stuff. And this movie is not that. This movie is just fun and silly and goofy. It's It's definitely exactly what I needed at at a time like this. It's just one of those sweet, under happy you know, entertainments that just kind of lifts the spirit a bit. Number five. For 170 episodes spanning eight years, the CW's flagship superhero show Arrow officially ended its run back in January of this year, pre-pandemic, and thus leaving the other shows that spawned on the CW after it, The Flash, Black Lightning, Supergirl, which actually moved over from CBS after the first season. Legends of Tomorrow, now Stargirl, and Batwoman. Am I missing any? There's so many. Anyway, and they've all been considered the Arrowverse for as long as they've been running. But with Arrow making the exit, hanging up the the, the hood, what are they going to call it now? The CW officially settled the debate. There has been a debate, believe it or not. Uh, in fact, Stephen Amell chimed in, Green Arrow himself, 
had been arguing the Berlanti verse, which is the name of the oh, producer. The, yeah, gr- yeah, yeah. But uh, in a trailer dropped this week, they officially named it the CW verse and gave us our first real tease of the newest addition to the verse: Superman and Lois. <laughs> Superman and Lois <laughs> with with sons. Apparently, if you watch this trailer, did you? Yeah, catch that? I was trying to figure that part out. I guess I'll just have to watch the CWV viewers. The W and the V next to each other are really going to hurt my eyes every time I watch it. But, um, hey, you know what? Good for the CW. I I think it makes sense because, you know, when you call call a verse after a show that's no longer around... it was I mean, probably wrong to, to call it that from the well, start. Well, it was probably wrong to call it the Arrowverse in the first place, but I'll be make honest. All these that, other shows, like, but right, they Arrow's probably didn't go. know. Right, they probably didn't know or think that there were going to be that many shows that spun off, basically, off of Arrow. Um, so yeah, good for them. I think it makes sense. Branding is pretty important nowadays, and if they want to, and it's a good way to to kind of separate the TV DC universe from the DC movie universe, which sort of exists, but doesn't exist in the same way that the Marvel cinematic universe exists. Right. So I think that makes sense. I like it. I like it better than Berlanti verse. Um, I originally thought that Steve was going to say they should call it the Amel verse because he was the one that started it all, but yeah, but he's not in it anymore, <laughs> but he's not in it anymore. So, so good um, for them. I, I, you know, it, it's probably the, I, me. I would have said the Flash verse. It's still running around. So that was not a pun on words. <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, it was. <laughs> but uh, I think CW verse works. Um, they 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 just keep adding to it. Uh, I still remember in one of the many crossovers they've had so far that uh, I remember Stephen Amell saying they did a full cast photo. And he says, this is probably as much, this is the most leather I've ever seen in one picture. Okay, that's hilarious. <laughs> you know, and they do. They just seem to get bigger and bigger. And like you said, Utah, I don't think they were expecting to grow to this level. They, I don't think they've seen that coming. You know, they probably said, okay, yeah, we can do Arrow, we can do Flash. And then we'll do DC Legends, but they didn't know they were spin off into this and and do this other show. And then Black Lightning gets brought in. Then oh, Supergirl. I love Black oh yeah, it's a beautiful show. Uh, Supergirl gets brought in from CBS, and it it just worked. It just it grew its own legs, and I, I, I'm I'm okay with it being called CW Verse. They probably yeah. couldn't call it DC Verse. Yeah, <laughs> no. Well, I mean, there, I think- there were a lot of people who were calling it the DC. TV verse extended DC TV EU that or the other, but then it was getting confused with the movies, which aren't called the DC extended universe either. So I no. don't know why anybody was confusing them. It's just, <laughs> yeah. And, and if anybody's confused, creating the confusion, it's DC for doing this and having everything separated. <laughs> right. Right. They're, they're, they're trying to separate something from something that doesn't exist. And therefore <laughs> all they have, are there, all they are left with is multiverse. Just yeah. roll with it. And well, Hey, yeah. <laughs> I just cradle that, it like a baby. <laughs> I, I just hope that the CW doesn't go anywhere because then they're going to be screwed and have to rename the verse again. Right. Yeah. It'll go back to being the, the WB verse. The WB. And they'll, bring, they'll bring the frog back. <laughs> yeah. Bring right, the frog exactly. back. There you go. <laughs> I, I'm all for that. So what then he think, gets his own show. <laughs> so I'll just throw this out there. What do you think is going to happen now with Titans is, is going to be leaving DC Universe because that the DC Universe, the 
streaming service, not the DC universe. <laughs> right, see, right. See, already, see again, how confusing it is already? Confusion, yeah, yeah. DC. But DC Universe, the streaming service, is going defunct, which we all knew was coming. That was mm. that I knew as that soon lasted as it how many months? That, that was going away. <laughs> Barely a year, wasn't it? And Titans is gonna go to HBO Max. Doom Patrol's already over there. Yep. Um, I'm hoping Swamp Thing will eventually come and maybe even come back because that show was great. That way was better, a great show. Way better than Titans is. is in yes. my opinion. And Star Girl um, of Vis- uh, Star Girl actually is no longer premiering early on DC Universe is going to premiere right on a regular on its regular night on, C- on CW on CW so. but these all these shows that are going to HBO Max these are the ones that are more uh, they couldn't be on CW because they're more mature right they're, they're more, yeah because of ratings yeah yeah they're very much more dark or lewd or crude and do, just which, the language you know I'm talking about Doom yeah. Patrol but when I when I it, oh, that man. show is <laughs> I mean oh my gosh just so wrapping your mind around it. It needs to be on you know, the cable network. So I'm sorry. Those, Animal Vegetable Mineral Man needs more exposure <laughs> to the general public. That's all I'm those, saying. But but those can't be ca- part. Like, what, will we ever see those characters cross over in the CW? Yeah, first? I don't think no. so. Yeah, no. Because that just the one, just the one crossover this past so season. Then, that was it. So therefore, what do we call? The HBO Max HBO Max verse. The HBO Max verse. The HBO Max verse. Because, because I'm going to throw a wrench in it. Batwoman is over there now, too, but she's airing oh, a but CW. She's, but she's part of the CW verse. The- so she's. Wait. So are the new episodes going to premiere on HBO Max as well? Or are no, they going to be. Over- I think it's still on the CW. It wouldn't, and that's what I heard, at least. Okay. So, yeah, that, that, does, that is kind of a conundrum because then Batwoman becomes one of each. I think the CW shows can go to W or to HBO oh, Max. So HBO Max would be like the syndication version. Eventually, CW. like when, it, yeah. like right now, Probably they all go like to it. Netflix, and Netflix has like you know this for gotcha. Who knows how long? DC's know, got you, me so confused. <laughs> I don't even know what network. DC I'm on. got you Curse all confused. You, DC. <laughs> uh, anyway, no, you know what? I, I think HBO Max the, the the verse will be called the CW syndication verse <laughs> on HBO Max. There it is. Well, that's it for our first segment of the show. When we come back, we're going to discuss the big news of this past week, which is unfortunate passing of the supremely talented young man, Chadwick Boseman, and what his legacy of films has meant, and as well as the future of the role personified on film, Black Panther. Don't go away. Hey, everybody. We hope you're enjoying The Podcast is Real, which is the official podcast here at World Gone Geek. We hope you enjoy the website, worldgonegeek.com, which is a parody and satire site of pop culture news. We really enjoy doing it, so we hope that you enjoy reading it and listening to the podcast. But many of you have asked, how can you help? What can you do to support the podcast? Well, most importantly, spread the word. Let people know what's going on. Follow us on Facebook, Follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, share the tweets, share the posts, share the grams, whatever. All of those things go a long way in letting people know that we're here. People jump on these things and listen to podcasts mostly via word of mouth. So tell people what we're doing. We'd love that. Another way you can support us is by, in your favorite podcast app, find a way to give us a review. Give us five stars, uh, tell people that you like what we're talking about, whatever. But if you were to vote, especially on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify, if you were just to click those favorite buttons or those stars, that would be huge. It helps us rise up the list. It helps us be noticed by more people and therefore more people will start to listen. 
And finally, if you'd like to get involved in a really concrete way, we do have a Patreon account, patreon.com slash worldgunegeek. We have several tiers there where you can actually support the podcast financially, even as low as $2 a month. Did you know that if we ended up with 10 patrons at just $2 a month, that would help pay for one of the hosting costs for one of the things that we're doing here. So we would love it if you'd be able to do that. We totally understand if you can't. There's plenty of other ways to help, as I said before. But I do want to let you guys know about the Patreon account because right now, this would be a sponsor break. And we don't have any sponsors yet because we just got started. We're just getting rolling. Once we have a lot more listeners and a lot more of a following, we could maybe look into that. But in the meantime, we'd love to have your support in all the ways that I just described. If there's any of those things that you feel in your heart that you'd like to do to be a part of the show, we'd appreciate it. Most importantly, though, I am so glad that you are listening. Thank you. Thank you for downloading this podcast and listening because that means uh, the world to me. We're not just talking out into the air that there are people on the other end actually appreciating what we do. Thanks so much for being there. Let's get back to the show. All right. Welcome back to the show. We're glad you're here. Still with me is Utah, Aliyah, and Chris G on the panel. And we're going to break it down now and talk a little bit about a major loss. The world lost a brilliant actor this past week. As a young man, he made his mark mostly in TV. And then seven years ago, just seven years ago, he hit the big screen as baseball legend Jackie Robinson in 42. He would go on to embody other icons in film like music legend James Brown, the first black Supreme Court Justice Thurgood Marshall, and then he made pop culture history by bringing to life the incomparable Black Panther in the Marvel Universe first in Captain America Civil War, then in his own film, and in two Avengers sequels. The last three of those and several other films, he was he f- literally filmed while fighting a private battle with colon cancer. And on August 28th, he lost that battle, and we lost a hero. Now, Chris, I know that you are a huge Black Panther fan, probably the biggest yes. one I know. Yes. Uh, <laughs> hence, hence my background. If they, I know. If, they, if anyone since could was, see what right. we're looking what? at. I, I'm what take made a you say that? Really quick. Hold on. Boom. <laughs> as, I just took a screenshot. As, as we look at the posters and the helmets behind him. Yeah. Yes, the helmets and the... And that's just a fraction. <laughs> it's just right. a fraction You're, of what I got. So tell us I, I, a little bit about what went through your mind when you heard this news. Several things. Uh, it, it was heartbreaking, number one. Uh, I It was disbelief. It was disbelief. You know, considering what we're dealing with in 2020, it's been a rough year for everyone. And this character, for me, whom I've followed since I was like 11 or 12 years old. And so I've been on this kick for 30 years. And hearing that was heartbreaking. Like I said, heartbreaking. It was disbelief. And, you know the first thing that came to my mind was like this, for some reason, it's not a joke. You know how you see these, these fake ads and it says that this person died or whatever. And I think the first thing that came in through my phone was through daily mail and it showed it. And so I look and I'm reading the article and, and then the articles just start showing up all over social media. And for me, for a character, and mind you, he wasn't the first black superhero on screen, but for, for me, he was the first black, very positive character that they show him in the, in the light that they show him in, you know, 
um, there wasn't any negativity surrounding him except for what goes on during the storyline. And it really hurt because you had generations of children who seen a king, number one, and then he's a hero on top of that. And to know that Chadwick found out about this just four years ago and the body of work that he put in, let, let's go back. He was in Civil War. He was in Marshall. He was in uh, The Five Bloods, which is on Netflix. Netflix. Yeah, he was in uh, Civil War. He was in his own film, two Avengers films. Now, mind you, he has to train for, oh, Message to the King. That's another one on Netflix. Check that out. That came out shortly after Black Panther did. He has to train for fighting. He's on the set hours at a time for hours on end. And no one around him knew. No one, just just his immediate circle, like his wife, and and from what I just found out today, probably his doctors were on the set or something, but no one knew. He didn't show it. He went to children's hospitals, mostly can't you know for cancer hospitals. He he's you know meeting people from like on Jimmy Fallon's television show, and they're talking about how much it meant for them and how it speaks to their community and just a number of things that he's done. And at the end of the day, he truly was a warrior. You know, he exemplified a hero and he exemplified a king like nature. And for that, not only do I salute you, but it makes you want to, you know, when I hear people now, especially now, when I hear people say, oh, I'm tired or I'm hurting. And I'm like, you know what? This man put in work. Now there's no excuse. <laughs> this is like, there's no excuse. Um, I've let it settle and, and thought about it. And I'm like, man, you know, yeah. yeah, it was the shock. It was the initial shock. And, you know, obviously the questions that show up, like, well, what happens now? Because the script for the, for the second film hasn't even been written. Mm-hmm. It's just starting now to get talked about. And I've heard the several, I've heard several people ask me about it. And, and thank you for those out there who's, who's actually texted me and checked on me and sent me messages, you know, um, but the question that remains for a lot of people, a lot of people's minds, and it's not to be disrespectful or anything, is just, well, what happens now with that character? Who do, do you find someone to replace? Do you uh, sign him off in a respectful manner like they did with Princess Leia or with uh, Paul Walker in the uh, Fast and the Furious franchise? What do you do the going forward, you know? For something that's literally two years away, planned to be two years away, do you take it off the slate to come out at a later date? What do you do? You know, um, those kind of questions do come up or have been coming up. You know, what happened? Uh, where do we go from here? Do we replace the character? Do we allow his sister to take the role, which has happened in the books? Do we... Uh, you, you just can't write it off completely. You know, it's... Unfortunately, it's a business move, you know, so it, it's questionable what they do next. I, I've had my thought on who I think could be a pretty good pick. You know, I spoke with my sister, who's also a big fan. Um, and I said, well, you know, at the time, Chadwick Bozeman, he was virtually unknown, you know, but he's been in some really good roles. And I said, well, if they had to pick in my personal opinion, if they had to pick, I always said uh, John David Washington, who's Denzel Washington's son, you know, uh, 
closely resembles him. Um, virtually unknown. Been in two fantastic movies so far that I've seen under strong under strong directors. But once again, yeah, too soon to say. Personally, I, I find that. Uh, well, I mean, the first the first thought that you have is just like so he's so young, like this doesn't make yeah, any yeah. sense. Um, and and to know everything that he's been doing for the last four years, and then to find out that he's been battling cancer this whole time is That's sort stupid. of sort of mind blowing. And as someone, you know, my daughter's battled cancer this year and right. has gone through chemotherapy. I can't even imagine. You know, especially, and he was in stage three and stage four. This was, well, just be, you know, it had just progressed to stage four, which is why he passed away. But um, stage, you know, three, and I just, I, it, my mind is blown that this was even a thing. Um, and, you know, again, at, at age, at his young age to. 43. To, yeah, to right. passed away is just, it's, it's kind of a, a, a punch to the gut. Um, but then, uh, you know, eventually your thoughts do do go to well what about all these kids who looked up to him as black panther now it's like he he fulfilled this role that well not just kids obviously yeah, <laughs> adults yeah. like yourself who grew up with adults. this character yeah but now this there's a whole generation of kids right now where he is the black panther to them he is the character that you grew up with reading in a comic book some of these kids will never read those comic books they're just going to see this movie and see the uh, the avengers and where he you know is part of that team and I'm like, what, what, what will they do? And I, I feel like, you know, the first, the first thing they always seem to do, at least in the past is that they just recast a character. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I feel like that it almost feels wrong to recast. It does. This character. It does. I agree. Um, it, it's like, it's almost like saying, I mean, it's not saying this, but it feels like it's saying, you know, great do- job. Chadwick but you know you're replaceable <laughs> and it's like yeah I know yeah. it's not that it's certainly not meant in disrespect and sometimes you do just have to recast roles and it happens but it just for some reason I, I just that's the that's the the feeling I get from it and I and I feel like um what you said and and what has happened in the comics that they should they should just basically come into this film with Wakanda in mourning of their king and uh, a new threat arises and someone has to take the mantle and my vote is goes to Sherry, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, that mm-hmm. makes sense. But um, I've actually heard rumors that, that he, he has like, there were conversations about this because he was only going to do one more black Panther movie supposedly, right, right. which is odd because usually everything is a sequel. Everything's in threes. So why wouldn't there mm-hmm. be a third? So it almost sounds like the plan may have been that all along. Cause they knew that he was sick and that he, you know, might not be able to make a third and um, uh, which just is heartbreaking. To even think about that, that he was thinking, you know, that that might be that a, far in advance that, yeah. that he might yeah. not be around to make one, which is terrible to, to even think of, but um, that, you know, maybe in that second film, something was going to happen to him and she would have to take the mantle in the third, like he could literally pass it on. Mm-hmm. So now they're not going to be able to do that. But I, I, I would like to see him still maybe, you know, honor that his spirit, just to T'Challa has passed yeah. away. Black Panther can live on. And exactly. Exactly. Plus I mean, now, it's plus even in the books. Girls, We'll have, can have that mm-hmm. they, have, they have that role now and you know they already are looking up to Shiri as it is and like I said in the books something happens you know when he 
facing off with Doom and he's incapacitated for a while. So his sister takes on the role, you know, and she held the role quite well for oh, yeah. for quite a while. Yeah. And I would love for them to do that, you know, you know, because he did not have a contract signing after two, after the second uh, Black Panther film. He didn't have a contract signing. And it makes me think that he knew, you know, I'm obviously, you know, obviously he knew, but I think that played a part and he probably was able to let's figure out something, you know, and let's start gearing it. We, we had him for these few films, but let's start gearing him over to the sister to take over the role, you know, and that creates a whole new generation. Like you said, Jeff, uh, uh, of females, uh, young girls saying, okay, it's not just Wonder Woman now, we have Shiri, you know, to look up to. And it just, everybody's happy, you know, to give him a proper send off you know whether marvel marvel has plans for that we don't know you know because marvel and disney they plan this thing these things years in advance sure and we don't know what the actual blueprint is but we can only hope that you know there can be if they have to make obviously have to make slight changes and let's hope they're just slight you know opposed to just we might want to move this off the slate for a while longer in order to address it in a correct manner, you know, uh, i.e. Princess Leia. Right. You know, they just so managed to have, oh, we shot extra scenes so we can use some of that extra footage and we can give her the proper send off, which that's still heartbreaking, <laughs> you know, in right. itself. But yeah, I hope they have a, a, a way around it. You know, it's like, a, you don't want to make it sound so disrespectful that you're already talking about this, but the it's like the elephant that's in the room mm -hmm. you know people are looking forward to it they're like i think he had seven i think he was signed up for seven appearances maybe nine uh, somewhere along there along oh. that line and i know he's done at least four already right so that means of the seven of the three if it's seven then that means of the three that's left one of them was the sequel so that means he would have been and two other maybe avengers movies right right so I mean, it's unfortunate. It's it's it was a rough weekend for for, for a lot of people. I mean, seeing some of the uh, children online who are put, putting up pictures oh, and they're doing the pictures salute, of their action figures. And they're action, yes, and they're giving him the the burial salute, and which is absolutely beautiful. But I think the one that stood out the most was seeing a young kid, and he had the one tear shedding out his eye, and he had to salute and he had his action figures around him. And it was like, Oh God, you like, it's so heartbreaking. But then you look back at everything he's done. Uh, I'm seeing clips that I've seen before, but I'm seeing clips now. Like there was a clip where they were doing the press junket with, uh, he was with uh, Denagira and I believe it was Letitia Wright. And he was talking about visiting a children's hospital where two children were had terminal cancer and right. the serious XM interview. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, they wanted to see this movie so bad, but they, they didn't make it. And he broke down crying. And now to see that interview again, it has that much more depth to it because now you're like, I wonder right. if he was thinking about his own time that's left as well. 
knowing that there's, that's, this is getting ready to happen. And like they show him at the MTV Movie Awards and he accepts an award. I think it was for Best Hero of the Year or something like that. And he gives it to a gentleman in the audience who had in real life had stopped a gunman at a Waffle House and wrestled a gunman and, and, and saved lives. And he gave him his award. And it was it was not pre-planned. It was completely out of the blue. And it's like the man was doing something. He was laying his mark on the world literally before he left. And for the short time that he was here, he gave so much great work behind the screen or behind the camera and in front of the camera. And it's, it's an unfortunate thing. It, it brings, it, it also brings to light um, for a lot of African-American men, you know, to have their prostates and their colons checked to just, you know, don't wait, don't do not wait. So, yeah, no, it's true. Uh, I mean, it was a shock to everybody. Right. And the, the reaction of, of everyone around the world of different creeds, different colors, different backgrounds, um, certainly speaks volumes to the effect that Chadwick Boseman had on the people that he worked with, on people that saw his work, um, you know, seeing all the little kids doing their thing with the action figures, um, hearing, seeing him visiting St. Jude's and making children with cancer uh, smile and be happy and be joyful for even a brief moment. And then, like you said, Chris, looking back on all of these different moments and now knowing that he was fighting his own battle right. with cancer just makes it that much, just elevates everything that much more. Um, and, and I agree with you, Jeff. I, I don't think, I, I don't think Chadwick Boseman is replaceable as T'Challa. I think a lot of what made uh, T'Challa on screen uh, such uh, a, a regal figure, such a calm figure, such a wise figure, um, really had a lot to do with Chadwick himself. You know, he made a lot of, uh, from what I read, him and Ryan Coogler did a lot of collaboration in terms of um, like the type of voice that they wanted T'Challa to have, the language mm -hmm. that they, he was going to speak, uh, how he would, um, you know, hold himself. Um, and it, a lot of those choices came from Chadwick, and a lot of those choices are really what make Black Panther and MCU who he is. Um, and so, absolutely, I think Shuri or Nakia somehow uh, can pick up the mantle of Black Panther. I think that makes sense. Um, but yeah, again, a part and a part of me is kind of like, you know, is it? I just don't feel like I want to talk about that right now. I just kind of want to right. let let the news of his passing settle, you know. Um, so, as an Asian American male, <laughs> I was in shock and found myself much more heartbroken than I expected from the news. If anything, just because I loved his work even before Black Panther, mm -hmm. um, and um, knowing how much his uh, portrayal of Black Panther meant, I mean, it was groundbreaking. You know, it's not mince any words. It was a groundbreaking role, a groundbreaking movie. Um, and, uh, you know, his passing was just too soon and his body of work too short. Um, and to say John David Washington may become 
a household name after tenant. Just, yes. Yes. So, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm heartbroken. Even my kids are heartbroken and they watched Black Panther once. I don't know. I'm kind of speechless that you guys really said it all. I mean, um, going back on, uh, on social media and watching, you know, some of his old footage. And then there was so much backlash towards him, you know, for being skinny and, you know, his, right, his from that last Instagram video. Yeah. What was it in April? Yeah. yeah when he was uh, celebrating uh, Jackie Robinson day. Yeah, it yeah. was, it was Jackie Robinson day. Yep. Yeah. And there was just so much hatred, you know, and I think all of those people that were criticizing him were really, or hopefully they're really starting to look internally and just like, you never know what somebody is going through underneath it all. And, mm-hmm. you know, especially because he was, he was still pouring love into so many people, planting those, those positive seeds, those beautiful seeds so that way they would grow. And and I can only, honestly, I can only imagine how Denzel was feeling considering the fact that he was the one that funded his, his school. Right, his, right. Yeah. And I mean, just the people that I can only imagine everyone that, you know, all of the celebrities that I do follow on social media were saying, you know, being in his presence, even if it was just for five minutes or a few seconds, you just feel his energy. You feel this positive, you know, positive energy coming towards you. And I can only imagine how that, how that would feel. And I'm sure that was even prior to his diagnosis, you know, just his heart. And, um, it, you know, cause when, when one dies, it's, we all, we all feel it, you know, even if you didn't know him or didn't know him personally, but because of his mark and his role that he played, you know, as Black Panther, uh, as well as other roles, but just his role that he played, um, in our, in our society. So, yeah, it is definitely very heartbreaking. All of my prayers go out to his family and you know his his close loved ones i can only imagine how they're feeling i agree with you yuta i don't know if i necessarily want to think about who's taking the throne next uh i definitely just want this moment to just i don't want them to forget to for you know you know how when someone passes it just time slowly rolls by and you know act like nothing kind of happened i don't i want that i want this to kind of linger a little bit um because of the work that he's done, I don't want it to be pushed forward so fast that we're just now focused on who's going to take the next the right. next place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get that at some point it's going to have to come up. But right now, I really just want those that are mourning to mourn and those that are grieving to grieve and just take this time to remember, you know, remember who he is, who, you know, his heart. If I was to say I would like to see Sherry take that place. Yeah. I think that that's only right. And, uh-huh. and here's a, uh, another piece of that, inf- and another bit of weirdness to that, I guess, is he passed on Jack Kirby's birthday, which is Black Panther's co-creator. Right, that's true. And it's it was so weird. I'm like, wow, you know. So we will remember uh, Chadwick. He will forever be T'Challa, as far as as I'm concerned. Uh, obviously. Uh, obviously it's, it's rough. We'll never, uh, be able to, he's still, there's still another movie coming out that, uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom is, mm-hmm. uh, coming right. out. Is that on Netflix? Is that, yeah, is yeah that one will be, that's one, yeah. that one's being released on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, he left an indelible mark. He worked with a lot of great he sure uh, did. actors. Yep. Yeah. 
it definitely left a legacy, some, some great films, some great performances. Um, but it sounds like obviously from all the stories that we're hearing about him, uh, he, he was just an awesome guy who, uh, left behind a family that loved him and, and a lot of fans. And so we're just going to, uh, you know, take this moment to remember Chadwick Wakanda forever. And, uh, (laughs) we will, uh, we will end our show for this week. I want to thank our special guest, Chris G. You can hear Chris on his own podcast, Blurred's Eye View, and on the Circle of Nerds podcast, Nerds on Ice, which we actually broadcast live on Friday evenings. Oh, right? yeah. We broadcast live every Friday on Facebook at 830. Oh, on Facebook, not, uh, not yeah. on YouTube. Okay. And uh, where can they find you on Facebook? What's the page? On um, Facebook, you can find me on uh, Blurred's Eye View on YouTube. Uh, you can also look under Circle of Nerds for Nerds on Ice. And wherever you listen to podcasts, you can listen to Blurred's Eye View, Nerds on Ice, and Circle of Nerds. Awesome. And as always, thanks to my partners in Geek Utah and Alea. We appreciate you. Uh, we can always be found right here with a new episode dropping every Thursday and our game night broadcast live on YouTube every Tuesday night. For more information, please make sure to follow us on World Gone Geek on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the normal places you might find. And if you'd like to help support the shows and help us make more content, please be sure to check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash worldgonegeek. This has been The Podcast is Real. Be well and be excellent to each other. (laughs) The Podcast is Real is a World Gone Geek production.